I know God's got great things for us this year, for each one of you and for Elizabeth and I as we continue to move through. We're already almost out of January, but I wanted to share with you today. You know, they have this saying that says, mind your P's and Q's, which really means like you need to behave. But, but I don't have any good Q words, so I just have mind your P's. So I just felt like... With these, you know, we talk about the Super Bowl, and really, truly, it, it, that, that's kind of the crescendo of all the football, uh, you know, for the year, whether it be college or pro or whatever. This is kind of the end of the deal, and it really, truly is the biggest game of all the games. And and the guys who get there get real excited. Now they get real excited if they win, but really, as the years progress, they they're even excited just to be able to play in the game because that means that they've accomplished something they've gotten that's like the thing that they have tried and worked for and dreamed about all of their life as football players is to be a part of the super bowl now we all want to win one but in their world in their life they they just that's what they talk of this i've been waiting my whole life to get to this game you know in 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 our world where we live today in your world where you are there's got to be a super bowl somewhere See, there's got to be, there's something that we're going after, something that God's bringing us to. But the wonderful thing about us is it's not just one game one day, and that could be the, that could be the end. It is every day we have an opportunity for God to do something super in our life. He wants to use you to bring super into somebody else's life because he's supernatural. He takes his super part, your natural, and makes supernatural. So somehow God wants to use you involved in somebody else's life to be super, to bring him into the situation. And really, the thing that he gave me to share about, and we're going to talk about it, men, just a little bit on that Saturday the 4th, about focus and about how important it is and that you know all these guys get to the Super Bowl. It's not because they were just good guys. They've been focused for most of their life on this goal, becoming the best athlete that they can possibly be and being the best team player and being in position to get to the Super Bowl. Really, truly now, in our world where we live, are we preparing ourselves that way? Are we putting ourselves in the best position, working and sacrificing as hard as we can and as, for as much as we can to get to that place that God has for us to get to? When I say minding your peas, really, truly, I mean your potential, you got to mind your potential. you got to understand you even have potential. If you don't realize you have potential, you're in trouble. Your potential, your preparation, and your pursuit. And those are the three Ps that we'll talk about a little bit as we go. Potential, preparation, and pursuit. Without any one of those three, you can't succeed. You can be the greatest pursuer that there ever was. But if you don't have any kind of preparation, you'll be chasing the wind. You can go after, maybe you have stamina and you can continue to do something. And how many times has somebody maybe you've seen or maybe even you, you, you've been going and going and going and somebody finally said, what are you doing? And you say, I don't know, but I've been doing it so long. There was a reason when I started, but I'm not sure what the reason is now. You know, there's no direction. There's no aim. You're just kind of running aimlessly. You started off preparing, but somewhere in the midst of preparation, you turned into a pursuer and forgot the preparation You can't leave preparation behind. I think many times people prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare and never pursue. You may know folks like that. Maybe they've they've been working at something. They've been trying to be something. They've been going to school for something for so long, but they've never, ever pursued it. Maybe that's you in your life. I, I, I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully in our life, and this is the way that God showed me years ago, that I am constantly preparing while I'm pursuing today. I'm preparing for what God's going to do tomorrow as I continue to pursue what he has for me today. That way I know that I'll never get to a place where I won't be prepared. 
that God is constantly showing us and teaching us not just what we're to do today, but he's growing us and he's, he's helping us become all that we need to be for tomorrow. So there's the part to that. Now, the first part is the fact that we all have to realize that there's potential on the inside of each one of us. You know people who have had great potential and they've ended up doing nothing with it in their life. Why? Because they never prepared. They never pursued. They went down the tube. See, one of the P's without the other two is not going to be, they're not going to be success. It takes all three in our lives to get to the place that God would have for us to get to today, tomorrow, whatever that might be. Potential is important. Potential just means really truly in our life, it exists in possibility. And if you look in Ephesians, in chapter 2, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, I think sometimes we think, well, you know what? I don't really have a lot of potential on the inside of me. God's got to do a work. He's already done a work. He's done a work on the inside of you, and he's done a work on the inside of me. He has put stuff on the inside of you. Now it's our responsibility in this earth then to begin to prepare and allow him to take that stuff on the inside and bring it on the outside. And it says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared when? Beforehand that we should walk in them. He's prepared them already, which means there's potential there. It's in existence of possibility because God put it there. That does not mean because you're extremely gifted, because you're extremely talented, that does not mean that you'll be successful. We'll only be successful in our life as we follow the plan that he has for us, as we're preparing and as we're pursuing what he has for us in our lives. Potential alone doesn't get us there and it doesn't make it. Potential energy in an object really truly, and I've taught this for years, it really just means that it has potential energy, that it has an opportunity to blow up, to move, to do whatever it is because of its position or because of its arrangement. An object has potential energy because of its placement, because of its arrangement, because of what's put on the inside of it. And it's just like you and I. Because God is on the inside of us, there is great potential for us to do a lot of things. But we have to determine if we're going to do it. We have to determine if we're going to take the time, sweat a little bit, work a little bit, maybe prepare, do some things that we're not excited about, do some things that maybe we thought we weren't going to have to do, have you ever been down that road with God? You thought you'd passed that already and you've gone through that thing and then he brings you back around and he asks you to do that and you think, well, I've already been past that. Do I have to go back and do that again? Sure. Why? Well, I don't know. Maybe he's preparing something in you. Maybe he's using what he prepared in you to help somebody else. That we have to take care of those things, continue to prepare and continue to go forward. Potential is always unleashed in our life every day. Day by day by day by day. We wish it would explode in one moment and be done. But if it exploded in one moment, realize then there wouldn't be anything left. What if you worked your whole life for the Super Bowl, you got to that point and you played the game and then you walked away like many of them do, and this happens at times, and they walk away and they never get to do it again. And everything they had worked for for their entire life was a one-moment situation. In sports, many times that happens. But in life, God didn't intend for that to be us. You may have been here, you may, you may have gone through some things, you may have had success in your life and you've come through the other side and it seems like you're empty and there's nothing left. Ask God because I know he doesn't bring us to a place and then just leave us hanging. He always has something else for us. Maybe along the way somewhere I didn't prepare. That's why they come after these athletes and these kids and they tell them quit trying to leave school early because when you get done with football you won't have any what? You won't have any future. Why not? Because you haven't prepared. When that moment comes and football ends, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You haven't prepared for any of it. The money will eventually go away. Now, if we will prepare ourselves with the word of God, like VBI, 
You know, if we will come into a place, sit down and say, okay, God, I need you to show me and teach me. It doesn't have to be Victory Bible Institute. It could be anything that God's showing you. But I, you know what? This is the thing, Father, that I want to prepare with. I want to know my weapon. I want to know my life. I want to know your plan. I want to know your purpose. I want to know your word. I want to know your direction. I want to know your leading. I want to know everything that you have for me. I want to know what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it, and how I'm supposed to do it. So I've got to learn. I've got to sit down and begin to prepare, begin to put this. Now, this year, will we prepare? We've prepared all. Last year was a whole, man, it was a year of preparation, and I worked really hard, and I did all these things. Fantastic. Guess what? This year, you're going to have to prepare, too. And guess what? Next year, we're going to have to prepare, too. Well, I'm waiting for God to do something big in my life. He's doing great things in your life, and he wants to do greater things in your life. But we've got to keep preparing, and we've got to keep moving forward, and we have to keep going after the things that he has for us in his word. Preparation always leads to success. Always. It's not the thing that's easy. It's not the thing that doesn't take any work. It's the thing that we have to really put our hand to the plow with. But preparation always leads to success. But on the other side of that, success rarely is achieved without preparation. Maybe you get the winning scratch-off ticket. Maybe you pick the lottery numbers, whatever that might, you know. Maybe those things do happen. But I'm telling you what, in everyday life with everyday people, with a God who can do great miracles and work, work wonders, success is very, very rarely achieved without preparation. You've been preparing for a long time. Going to school, doing all those things, went out and got a job, and then left your job to come back to prepare some more. You know, you graduate once, you think you're done. You go get a job, you think you've achieved, and you continue to work, and then God calls you back to do something different, to come back and prepare some more. So you come back, and you prepare, and it's sacrifice, and it takes time, and it's effort, and all of those things. Joe all rolled up, you know. But just know that God's got something, something even bigger on the other side of this. That when you get to that other side, he's going to start preparing you in another way for another thing too. You know, we never lose track of preparation in our life. You always are preparing for something. My girls always used to in golf. They would always get excited because they got to one point and they could do whatever it is that I challenged them to do before. And they thought then it was all over. Well, no, that's just the beginning of the next thing that you have to learn how to do. What? I worked so hard and I got to this point. You know, they went from shooting 62 to shooting 52, and they're so excited at the end of the season. I say, next year, you've got to come back and shoot 42. And they think, it took me so much work to become that. Why do I have to keep getting better? They even used to say this to me, and they, they, they would even say about the girls who got better. I'd say, see, now look how much better they got. And they say, well, yeah, they practice all the time. Like it was a bad thing. Right. They, they practice all the time. They, who wants to do that? I just want to, just tell me how I need to be better. See, just tell me how I need to be better. I've got potential on the inside of me, but just tell me how I need to be better because I, I don't want to do all that other. That stuff's work. <laughs> yeah, coach, they practice every day, even on the weekends. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's what we're trying to get to. You can't be a part-time preparer and a full-time success. It doesn't work that way. Preparation in your life, spiritually, I'm telling you, is going to be a culmination of prayer, the word, and obedience. Many people don't necessarily think obedience is part of it, but it is. That's part of preparation in our life. 
And the third P that we talk about or that we go through really is pursuing his plan. There has to be some pursuit. There has to be a going after it. There has to be a a, a stepping out in faith. There has to be an acting on the word. There has to be, whether whether it's out of your mouth, whether it's in the meditation of your heart, whether it's with the actions, there's got to be a forward direction for each of us. We have to begin to pursue all three P's. The fact you have potential is true. But plenty of people have died with plenty of potential and never saw anything. The enemy will just be great with you, and I've taught this for years. He loves the fact that you have potential. The enemy thinks it's great as long as it stays potential. But as you begin to prepare and you begin to pursue, then the devil gets a little bit angry and a little bit upset. Why? Because now you've taken all three of them and put them together, and you're going to go somewhere. You're going to do something. You're going to be something. Otherwise, you're just somebody with a lot of potential, and he's killed a lot of people with a lot of potential. They just die off and continue on. You know that. You've seen that. You've seen people who haven't actually done anything, but you knew. It doesn't make you just hurt, it hurt your heart. You knew they could be so much, that there could be so much that could be, that could be done with their life, that they could do so much good, that they could make such a change, that they could really turn things around, that they could really help people, but they would never do it. Because of the past, because of mistakes, because of stuff, because of pride, because of whatever, just never really got past that moment of having potential. It takes action to make potential become actual, to become reality. The word pursue means to proceed along the course of, to follow, to advance, or go forward. And when I think about pursuit in the Bible, I think about Peter because he was kind of an action guy. You know, it says in James in chapter 2, it says, it says that faith without works is dead. So there's got to be an action part to us, this pursue part. There's got to be this part that goes at it. And Peter was kind of a go-at-it kind of guy. When Jesus came and he was walking on the water and he came up to the boat, and it said it was a little stormy and some things were happening, they were on the boat, they were scared because Jesus was coming. And he looked out and he said, if that's you, Jesus, bid me come. And Jesus said, well, come on, Peter, come on out of the boat. And this is where many of us become. We all of a sudden get excited. We begin to get out of the boat. And as we start to come out, we start to walk towards Jesus. We're in a miraculous place. All of a sudden now, all of our potential, all of our, all of our preparation, and now in our pursuit, we're getting to see what? The supernatural. Because we're walking on the water with Jesus. And that's where Peter was. And he was in that moment. And so in this place, in this year, whatever this time is for you, get out of the boat, but don't just get out of the boat. Don't get back into the boat. Stay out. (laughs) I mean, maybe Jesus would have taken him back into the boat. Maybe he would have taken someplace else. Maybe he would have done something else with him. But Peter took his eyes off Jesus, and he began to sink because he started looking around at the stuff that was out there. I'm sure clamoring back, help me, help me, help me, I'm going to drown. Don't turn back and get back in the boat. If you've come out of the boat, stay out of the boat. Don't let fear keep you in this place of constant preparation. Don't let fear get you not into pursuit, but into retreat. Too many times you go forward two steps, but you go back six steps. Why? Because of fear. It's not that you went the wrong way. It's not that you did the wrong thing. It's that the enemy presented himself in that place. You knew you were out of the boat. You knew you were really truly in the hands of the Lord because you were walking in faith and stepping out in a place that we didn't know we could even go beforehand. But then we turn around and we begin to retreat. Don't retreat from what the enemy brings against you this year. Advance and go forward. Once you come out of the boat, don't go back in. And don't stand on the edge of the boat like this and say, come get me, Jesus. 
come, come get me, Jesus. It didn't say Jesus came to the side of the boat and picked Peter up and put him out in the water with him. It said Peter climbed out of the boat on his own. He pursued Jesus. My niece, Annabelle, when she was little, she used to stand on the side of the pool. And, you know, everybody's swimming and splashing and having a lot of fun. And there she was on the edge of the pool. One, you, don't, you know people like this. They want to they believe. They want to have faith. They want to be with you in faith. They want to believe that they can be healed. They want to believe that God is good. They want to believe that he has, he has more than enough for them. They want to believe that, that tithing really is true and that it works and that God is faithful to his word, that if we'll tithe, he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing we cannot contain. They want to believe all of those things. But yet there was Annabelle on the side of the pool with her floaty, her ring, her armies, you know, the whole thing, man, she, there's not, she, might even, she might even be able to walk on the water with all the stuff she had. Okay, the whole thing was, look, you are not going to go down very far because there's more air than you. But there she sat like this, see, wanting, wanting to get in the water but wouldn't ever get in the water. You just wanted to go up and just kick her once or just push her or just, you know. But see, fear, just, uh, uh, fear will keep you away from pursuing after the thing that you really, truly want. I mean, she really wanted nothing, nothing more than to be able to jump in the water. But that fear began to hold her back. It kept her from the, it wasn't the, it wasn't the fact that, that she could do it because she could. It was the fact that she wouldn't because of fear. And if that's tithing or if that's financial in your life, make a decision that fear is not going to hold you back in that place. The fear of the what if, the, the what if God doesn't come through. The fear of, you know, I can't make it without this. The fear that says, you know, what well, if you do this, what's going to happen to your kids? Or what's going to happen to the food? Or what's going to happen to the bills? Or how are we going to make it next week? Or how are we going to make it tomorrow? Or Don't let fear hold you in that place. Jump in. Because see, now that she, now once she finally got it, once she finally, <laughs> I don't know if somebody threw her in or what happened, but once she finally got it, well, now she sits in the pool. For years, it's gone like this with the other kids. Now she's in the pool splashing them going, come on, you big babies. <laughs> come on. No, don't be so scared. Well, I... But there's another place for her. Eventually, somewhere along the way, she's going to come to a high dive. Somewhere, she's going to be out with her friends, and she's going to come to a little cliff, and there's going to be a rope swing. Somewhere along the way, there's going to be another opportunity for her, see, to step out. She already stepped out once, got in the pool. Now, that's not a big deal, but how many of you know, once you step out with God, you get to that point that you're going to have to stay out of the boat. Don't go back in. But just realize that the wind's going to come, the waves are going to come, things are going to happen, you're going to face storms. Keep walking on the water. That's where he brought you. That's what he has for you. He has prepared you, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, beforehand for good works. He's put them out there. Now, Annabelle's starting to do it with older kids and boyfriends and all that kind of stuff, so she kind of starts losing her. (laughs) Now she has to do it (laughs) because she doesn't want to not go back. But in our life, when you're out there and now all of a sudden you've learned to jump in the pool and you've learned to tithe, just like Pastor Pam said, maybe it's over and above and maybe now it's about just flat out just giving. Maybe you're in the pool and you say, I've been tithing for a long time, man. People should do that. This is great stuff. God's good. And now you face the high dive of giving. 
And are we going to go off of that thing just like we did the side of the pool? Are we going to go in and say, okay, God, I'm giving you everything that I have. Don't let fear hold you back. When you get out of the boat, stay out of the boat. Every day, every day, I have to tell myself not to go back in the boat. Every day, I'm sure you have areas and places in your life where you have to, you have to stand because it's easy to go back. It's easy to turn around and go back. You know, we've preached messages and taught things in this church. Burn the ships. Don't, don't leave anything to go back to. Don't leave yourself plan B. Don't leave yourself another option. Put a purpose in your heart or, or, or make, make, really truly just make, make a commitment in your heart that you're just going to pursue after the things that God has for you this year and you're only going to go forward. That you're not going to go backward. I was talking to somebody the other day and you know, they said the, they, were this, they were listening to somebody share in this thing and said they, you know, they were telling these people, you can do anything that you want to do. You can do anything that you want to do. And that's a good message. You know, I mean, it's, it's a good encouraging message for young people. You know, you can, you know, you can be anything you want to be or you can do anything you want to do. And I don't necessarily agree with that wholeheartedly. I believe that you can be anything that God created you to be and you can do anything that God created you to do. That with God, all things are possible, yes. But that he has filled you up with potential to do something. The power comes when you find out what that something is. You begin to prepare, then you begin to pursue. So I always encourage young people, begin to pray and find out what God has for you, what he created you for in this earth. Not for the next 552 days, but for tomorrow, for this week, for next year, for what he has. What has he got for you right now? Begin to pursue that. If we don't, we'll end up back in the boat. Every day you have to make the decision, I'm not going back in the boat. But the reward of that faith to say that I'm not going to go back in the boat is to see what I believed. See, you saying that I'm not going to go back, you saying that I'm not going to do that ever again, you saying that I'm drawing the line in the sand and I'm not going to cross it, the reward to that kind of faith and that kind of perseverance and that kind of pursuit after God's goodness is to receive and to see the things that you've believed. But you turn around and hightail it and go backwards, we won't ever see those things happen. But if we stand our ground and go forward, we'll begin to see the potential in our life become actual. So you see it every day. You're starting to see it every day. You know, Josh, like it's like it's, it's a moment by moment and a day by day and a revelation by revelation. But like what you were telling me earlier, I mean, it's you're beginning to understand the, the power of the, your words, the things that you say, the things that you speak. And that's mean you're, you're getting out of the boat. You're beginning to you're being prepared and you're beginning to pursue. And it, it's not everything all at one time, maybe, but it's a little bit here and it's a little bit there. And eventually you're going to find yourself on the high dive and headed up to the big ones. But keep going, keep preparing, keep studying, keep learning, keep sitting, keep soaking, keep praying, keep believing, keep trusting. And as you do all those things in your life, you begin to see your life go the direction that you thought it always could go. You know, the place that you always thought you could be, but it didn't look like down here there was any chance of being that. Just got to get hooked up. The, The potential's always been there. Now the preparation's right, and now you're beginning to pursue, and you begin to see all that, all that stuff. See, it's just, it's just a piece at a time and just a person at a time and just a life changed in a moment and an opportunity taken advantage of. God opens up the door for you. You have to be the one who walks through. God always makes the way for us, but sometimes we don't like the path. Hey, I, I mean, sometimes like, yeah, I ain't doing that. Why? Because <laughs> it looks spooky. It looks scary. I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> 
Well, if you could do it, you wouldn't have had to have God help you anyway. So you would have done it. You needed God. And so now that we've got ourselves to that point, to that precipice, to that place where we're about ready to step into what he has for us, get out of the boat, stay out of the boat, and keep walking. You're not going to drown. You're not going to go away. Keep walking. You don't want to spend eternity wondering what it could have been or what it might have been. You don't want to look back in December and think about what January, what what March, what what April, what July, what, what August could have been when you get to December. Now, these are the five things that I continue to share every year at the beginning of the year somewhere. So these are the five things that God gives me for, these are my keys. I can't get away from them. God gives me things. I got one of the first ones, dream big. I, I say these things every year. So every year, sometime in, the, in January, I share these five parts and these five points. Because I, every, I got a mug in my counter that says dream big. I've got a mug in my office that says the journey begins today. Well, why am I surrounded by all those things? Because I have to remember that. It's important for me to remember that I need to begin to think big, dream big, because if you don't, all of a sudden you'll find yourself thinking small. Thinking of what you can do, thinking of what you have, thinking of where you've been, and not realizing how big God is. Not realizing how much God has, and not realizing where God wants to take you. When you get your eyes off of him and get your eyes on yourself, you begin to think small. Don't think small, think big. Dream big. Set big goals. Dreaming illustrates really in your life the hidden capabilities and unawakened desires. God wakes you up at 4 o'clock in the morning, writes some stuff down. He's getting ready to make you dream big. He's getting ready to give you something. Too many times we hit the spiritual snooze button. The alarm's not going off, but the God alarm is. And he stirs you. Maybe he's going to stir you this week. Maybe he stirs you this month or, this, or tonight. He begins to try to tell you something. Keep that paper right by, by, by your bed. Why? So you can begin to write those things down. That way we don't forget. The second thing that he always tells me is have vision. We've talked about vision plenty. Dreams and visions are really the first two casualties of life. Dreams and visions many times are the biggest casualties of adulthood as kids move from adolescence to adulthood. They lose their dreams. They lose their visions. I've shared about our kid Daniel for a long time. And I'm telling you, I I have at times been a little bit of a dream squasher and a squelcher, but I have learned with living with that boy that dreaming big, God really comes through. Continue to dream big, continue to understand what God's speaking to you, continue to stretch, continue to live beyond you, continue to believe beyond you, do more than you can do, live live more than you can live. And I am telling you, he's a dreamer. I, 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 he, he, just, he dreams big and he sees big stuff. And so I have learned as a parent two things. One, believe him. Encourage him and believe him and, and be behind him. Do what I can to help him achieve those things. And the second thing that I've learned from him is to dream big. Because <laughs> I, I, I see God move. It's not him. This kid, I mean, he's talented. Believe me, he's, he's my kid. <laughs> he's just like me. Now, he's very talented. He has a lot of gifts. He has a lot of talent. This, this stuff that comes, you know, this, this idea that, that there's a lot of potential in his life. He's prepared. He's worked very hard. But I'm telling you, he is a pursuer. He's a pursuer. He goes after it. He goes after it. He, this kid, he is, he is not your average bear. All through high school, from ninth grade all the way through school, he got up and went to 5 o'clock in the morning all year long. He was either at workouts or he was mowing lawns or he was mowing at the golf course or he was doing something. We didn't have to really worry about him doing stupid stuff because he was too tired and hungry at the end of the day to do it. 
<laughs> During the season, he got up early and he went to early morning workouts. During the summertime, he worked, in the, he worked at the golf course and then mowed his own lawns. He got up before the sun came up and he got home when the sun came down. And he worked and he worked and he worked. He persevered and he pursued. And what he's seen now in his life are some of these big dreams being fulfilled, which is awesome, and you would think he would rest on his laurels a little bit. Nope, because he knows there's bigger dreams. Write your visions down. That's the second thing. You don't want to lose your dreams. You don't want to lose your visions. The world always, the world belongs to the enthusiastic people. You rarely see Eeyore winning the race or reaping the reward. No offense, I know you're Eeyore in the, in the marriage thing, but you know, you, not really. You, you, you're an exception. <laughs> right, I said rarely, and you're the guy who, who beats that. So, But rarely, it's always Tigger. It's always Tigger who people are following. It's always Tigger who people are listening to. It's always Tigger who's reaping the reward. It's always Tigger who wins the race. Well, why, why is that? Because Tigger's enthusiastic, and he's going after things. Not Eeyore. The fourth thing, one of the things that God tells me, one of the the five is is have fun. Always tells me to have fun. Laughing's like changing a baby's diaper. It solves a problem and makes things more acceptable for the moment. Okay? In your life, laughter is a great medicine. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Okay? Remember to laugh. Pastor Bill always says it'll it'll be funny sometime. It's funny to him most of the time, see, especially if it's me or you or Pastor Pam. See, he's, 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 he's instilled in us, you know, the importance and the truth that laughter is a great medicine. That if we can continue to keep our sense of humor, if we can continue to have fun, then we're continuing to go forward. Retreating, going backwards with our tail between our legs because of situations, because of circumstances, because the enemy raises his head. That's not normally a time where we're having fun, laughing, and enjoying the journey. Going forward in what he has, seeing victory in the face of defeat, seeing God be super in the midst of our natural, seeing miracles happen in our life, seeing God turn the page to the next thing, seeing God open the door, seeing God make the way, seeing God change somebody's life, seeing God use us, that's the thing that is fun. And along the road, we may face trials, storms, and tribulations, but we're going through and we're going forward in him. And we have fun while we're doing it. Believe me, in the 20-some years that Pastor Pam and Bill were pastors of this church, they, they, Pastor Bill smiled and laughed all the time. And he went through lots of stuff. You just didn't know it. Why? Because he didn't believe that was the truth. Just like he talked about on Sunday. You speak the truth. You speak what God said, and that's the end of it. And he's even gotten a little more cantankerous that way as he's gotten older. He's, got, he's, gotten, he's gotten wiser, of course, but he's gotten less patience for the rest of us. <laughs> Somehow in all this, he used to be somewhat consolable. Now he's not. Now he's like, suck it up, boy. Get going. Why? Because it's true. You have to get going. Unhappiness in your life indicates wrong thinking. Unhappiness in your life indicates wrong thinking. Not saying that there's not a moment of sorrow. If someone passes away or something comes along, there are those moments of sorrow, but that's not unhappiness. 
you don't get stuck in sorrow, you continue to go forward because just like it is in the darkness in the, mor- in the morning, it gets lighter. The sun does come up. And then there is an oil of gladness for that morning. Unhappiness indicates wrong thinking. And the fifth thing, really, truly, he tells me all these things every year. I come back through them, and I, I do share them somewhere every year. I've gone back and shared these things. Dream big, have vision, forget the past, have fun. And the fifth thing is focus, focus, focus. As we end, really, you know, January on Sunday, but as we end January, I would encourage you to focus, focus, focus on Jesus. What he has for you this year. That may be something that you do already. Fantastic. That may be part of your daily regimen and, 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 and how you go about your life. That's awesome. But maybe you're here today and you say, well, that's, that's not necessarily. Sometimes I'm focused, sometimes I'm not. Too many times we're spiritually ADD, man. We're not listening to God at all. Shiny things have taken us left, right, and all these different places. I'm, I, 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 I could be like that. <laughs> you never know where I'm going to be in the church. So if you come here, I might be here, but I might be somewhere else. There might be something spinning on the top of the ceiling I'm looking at. <laughs> I, I, shiny things catch my attention. I, I, I don't know what it is, but... Not that I'm spiritually ADD, but I, I do have a little tendency to just kind of wander and stare at stuff. And you come by and I'm just staring in the fridge. Why? I, there's something in there. I'm just checking it out. I hear a bang outside, so I'll go out there and look around. What's happening? I got to stay focused. You can't get anything done if you don't stay focused. Concentration, listen, concentration is the key that opens the door to, to accomplishment. See, when, when Peter got out of the boat, He was focusing on Jesus. The wind, the waves, everything was boisterous. There was stuff happening. It was all going around. But he was focused on Jesus. As you concentrate and as you focus on Jesus, it opens up a door to accomplishment. And he accomplished something that nobody else had done except for Jesus. He walked on the water. See, he got into a place and he got to a point in his life where where he got out of the boat and he began to walk on the water. But it was through that concentration there was preparation, of course. They had been walking with Jesus. They had been following him and doing all those kind of things. There was potential on the inside of Peter to do great things. Just like there is in you, there is in me. But in the end, it was that concentration. Because it says when his concentration wavered, when his focus moved off of Jesus onto the stuff that was going on around him, he began to sink. In your life, mind your peace. Realize, please, understand that there is great potential on the inside of each one of us. Not the same potential. You're not going to be the same person that God created me to be. You're not going to do the same things that maybe God created your neighbor to do. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's created you for an individual work. He's put you in this earth today for something really special. See, he's he's placed you here for a reason. And he wants, he wants to bring that to pass. You say, oh, well, too much has gone, too much has happened to me. Too much has gone. Forget the past. If you want to have six things, forget the past. See, dream big things. That's important. Write down dreams and visions. Actually, forget the past is one of them. Did I say that already? That's the third one. You got to forget the past. Did I go one, two, four, five? Yeah, I was raised by Pastor Bill. So you just let her. 
the first thing is dream big. <laughs> the second one is have vision. The third one is forget the past. For me in my life, that's important. For you in your life, I'm sure it's important as well. I made enough mistakes last year. I'm not going to tell you about any of them. But I made mistakes, no different than you. Some mistakes are probably little bitty mistakes. Some mistakes were probably big mistakes. But I can't do anything about those mistakes now. You can't do anything about yesterday either. Forget it. Chuck, just let it go. I know. See, part of repentance is forgiveness. But the other side of repentance is change. And the idea is that when you repent before God, He forgives you of all that stuff and you change. But then He doesn't hold you accountable for all that stuff anymore. You don't either. In your life, you don't either. You forgive yourself. The past can't hold you back. You can beat it. The enemy will tell you that the past is going to keep you under and keep you in that place forever. But that's not the truth of the word. The word actually says the past is going to be separated from you and you will be recreated by the power of the Holy Spirit to be a new man in Christ. That's what the word says. You're a new creature in Christ. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. You're a new man. You're a new man. Those old things creep up cast it down. The old things come up, bind them in Jesus' name and move forward in Him. The stuff that you dream of, the stuff, the person you want to be, you can be that guy. You can be that man. Just take day by day by day, discipline in your life, desire to be that man, determination not to quit, not to give up, not let the devil win nothing, that you're going to win with Christ on your side working through you in your life. That's, that's, see, that's your, that's your prophecy for this year, that you're a winner. That you're going to make it and you're going to win because Christ is living and working in you and through you to do good. He created you for good works before this world was ever created. He created you, Chuck, for a good work. And you're going to fulfill that good work in Jesus' name. Stretch your hands out here. Come here, Chuck. Come here. Father, I thank you for Chuck. I thank you for his life. I thank you, Father, for a young man that the enemy has fought tooth and nail to destroy, that who has not destroyed, who was still standing. You may have taken his biggest blows. You may have taken his biggest kicks. You may have been part of his biggest partnership, but you're not part of that partnership anymore. You're part of the partnership of Christ. That's your heart, isn't it? Isn't it? To live the life that Christ created you to live. In Jesus' name, we bind the work of the enemy in your life right now. Father, we loose your ministering angels to be around this young man everywhere that he goes. Father, speaking the words that he's to speak, giving him the thoughts that he is to think, Father, giving him the ability and the strength to be the man of God that he desires to be in his heart. Father, to be the man of God that he dreams about in his dreams. Father, to be the husband and the father, and Father, to be the man of God in this world, making a difference for people's lives that you have put in his heart to be. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. You're not alone. You're not alone in Jesus' name. You're not alone. It may seem like you're alone, but you are never, ever alone. He says to you today, he watches you. He's got you in his eyes. He sees you walk every step. He sees you take every breath. 
He knows everything that you do, you think, and you want to be. Not because he wants to punish you for doing wrong, but because he wants to be there to help you do it right. In Jesus' name. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.